0: Hello
1: everyone. Welcome back to Alone Not Lonely. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is a very special episode because I will be doing it with my friend Brenda. In today's episode, I interview her about God's calling. She is currently a worship leader at Sagebrush and she leads the Young Adults worship team as well as the branch in Santa Fe. So today we just talk about uh, her testimony and how she knew her calling to worship and just her view and perspectives on some things. It was so much fun to have her on the show, and I hope that you guys enjoy listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is Alone, Not Lonely, and I'm your host, Hannah Mariah, and I have a very special guest with me here today. My name is Brenda Picado. Yay, and today um, I will just be asking Brenda um, about her testimony and about her calling. Um, So Brenda is currently a worship leader at Sagebrush, and today we are just going to go over, um, yeah, like I said, her testimony and how she knew that worship was her calling. So (laughs) we'll start with your testimony. So go ahead and just tell um, a little bit about uh, just your background, your childhood, and um, yeah, how how
2: you were um, led to the Lord. Yeah. So I grew up with a single mom. So my mom and my dad split up when I was three and he ended up moving to Costa Rica, which is where like my both sides of my family are from. Um, He ended up moving there when I was three. And so, um, I mean, I would visit him every summer, but Mm -hmm. he wasn't really like a part of my everyday life. Um, And so it was just me, my mom and my older sister. um, And, you know, like, you know a child isn't really supposed to grow up with like just one parent like it's mm-hmm. usually supposed to be both and um when there's not that other parent like you know you just feel like there's like something empty you know there's something missing you know and so that's like how i always felt like i always felt like there was something missing there was something empty and i grew up going to a hispanic church with my mom but i didn't like it <laughs> i i knew the language and everything but I just didn't like it. I didn't really enjoy it. Um, I enjoyed it when I was, like, younger. But once I got into, like, middle school, I, like, didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always knew God was real. Like, I knew God was real. And, like, I believed he was real. But I just didn't have that relationship with him. And I um, didn't have any plans to, like, pursue the Lord, like, after... um, Like high school and college or anything. And Mm -hmm. um, by that time, I was a freshman in high school and I was trying to figure out okay, what do I want to do? Like, where do I want to go to college? And I just always loved music. Um, I always loved to sing. Um, And so I knew I wanted to pursue something with music, but I didn't know what it was. And so my freshman year of high school, I went to youth group for the first time. And literally, the first time I went, I just, it was just amazing for me to see people my age just love the Lord and just like pursue him. I guess I hadn't really seen that. Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen people my age, like, you know, going after the Lord. And so that to me, I think just the authenticity of it is just what made me like want to keep going back. Yeah. And even my youth pastor, when he was preaching, it was just so relatable. And usually like when I'd hear preachings, I'd like zone out and I'd get really bored and I wasn't paying attention. But when I heard my youth pastor preach for the first time, like I was actually paying attention and I was actually engaged. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just started going back and I don't remember like a specific time where like I gave my life to the Lord, you know, like I always knew the Lord and everything. Right. It was just kind of like that decision, like that decision to like actually be all in, Mm -hmm. um, and to actually like, um, give my life to him and to serve him, you know, um, just publicly and wholeheartedly. And so um, I quickly became a student leader and I got on the worship team and I was just serving in like any way I could. Like I would even like do the lyrics in the back. Mm -hmm. Um, And like when I was in youth group, I didn't have that much opportunity to lead worship. Um, And I just remember being so frustrated Mm -hmm. about it because I was like, oh, I want to lead more. You know, I want to do more things. And um, but I just knew regardless, I just knew like The calling on my life for worship. And I remember, um, going on YouTube and looking up like Bethel videos. And Mm -hmm. I just remember falling in love with spontaneous worship. I just remember like seeing how authentic it was and how genuine it was. And I would just literally spend hours like watching like spontaneous YouTube videos. And I was just thinking like, Oh my gosh, like I want to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that looked like, um, until my youth pastors took all of us to, Um, a summer camp. And so that summer camp happened to have a ministry school Mm -hmm. that my youth pastors went to in Dallas, Texas. And so um, my junior year I applied and I got in and that's kind of how I began to like learn about worship. Mm -hmm. And so um, after my senior year, um, I grew up in New York Um, But after my senior year, I moved to Dallas, Texas. And so I was there for three years studying theology and just like learning like how to lead like bands and um, just different stuff like how to choose set lists and um, all that stuff. And so um, first year is like foundational. Mm -hmm. um foundational classes second year you get to choose your classes so like mentoring biblical counseling homiletics which is a preaching class there's like a lot of options and then your third year you get to choose your major so my third year I chose worship major Mm -hmm. um and so yeah just those three years like I've learned so much about the Lord and um during that time, like, he's, like, healed me so much, and I just, like, felt so much more confident in, like, my calling and who I was and also who he he was as we, like, we were studying the Bible and studying God, and so, yeah, I just, I mean, I can't see my life without him, and, like, I just remember, like, before, like... Actually, like pursuing Jesus, like I just had no direction, like I had no vision for my life, and Mm -hmm. um, once I started to like pursue Him, I just like felt Him like redirecting my steps, Mm -hmm. and so I just, I'm just so grateful for the Lord, and like I don't don't know where I'd be without Him.
1: Yeah, wow, that's so awesome. So, uh, in between like high school and the youth group that you were saying, in school, how did you know that like? that school was, was for you? Was it just like whenever you went there, you just, you just knew or like, um, was it, you know, like kind of, kind of, yeah, explain your perspective on that.
2: Yeah. So I was looking at different schools. So I was looking at one in Florida called Mm -hmm. Ocean's Edge and it was like specifically a worship school. Mm -hmm. And then I was actually looking to go to Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking into those as well as Christ for the Nations, which is the one I, Ended up going to. Mm -hmm. But I guess for the other two, I just didn't feel peace about it. Mm -hmm. Like I would look into it and it seemed great, but there was just... There's was just something in me that like, like it didn't sit still in me to go there. And mm-hmm. I went to the um, Christ for the Nations campus. Mm-hmm. So I went and visited. And when I visited, I just felt so much peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's like a good, that's a good way to determine, that's a good way to determine like where the Lord is calling you. Because mm-hmm. like, like if you don't feel peace and it, there's a difference between taking a risk and feeling mm-hmm. anxious and like, anxious where it's anxious, where it just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Because even if you're scared, if you know, like that's where the Lord wants you, there's like a sense of like peace and excitement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I love that actually. Um, a few, a couple months
1: ago, I actually, uh, got counseling from, from Sagebrush and, um, something that, uh, the pastor said about, like about knowing God's will is he said, your thoughts should always end in peace. And so he was saying like, yeah, in good. the, yeah, in the circumstance that I was talking about, uh, he said, you know, at the end of, of your, your thoughts during that time, it always led to more questions and then therefore distress, um, with what I was going through. And he was like, but that, so, uh, but that's not biblical, you know, that's not God. And so right. he said, um, that your, your thoughts should always end in peace. And that's one way to to know God's will. So I really like what you said there. Um, so was it kind of the same, like after you graduated, uh, from, from that school, was it kind of the same, um, as far as coming here? Cause you said you're from New York and then you went to school in Dallas and then we're here in New Mexico now. So, um, was it the same as far as like picking the school of picking like your residency? Um, as far as like, you just knew because of the piece.
2: Yeah. So at that point, um, I started applying for like internship residencies like a few months before I was graduating. Mm-hmm. And so I was originally actually supposed to go to Chicago. Oh, wow. So right before COVID, they interviewed me um, and they said, we want you to come visit. And they bought my plane ticket to go visit the church. But that weekend that I was supposed to go was when like the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. And so they had to cancel my trip and they just canceled like applications for that. Um, They canceled applications for that year. Mm -hmm. And so... I was kind of frustrated because I was like, wow, like I actually had somewhere. Yeah. And now I have to keep applying and keep doing (laughs) interviews and interviews are just so dreading. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I think I do good on interviews, but I still have to mentally prepare myself. Right. um, Because I just feel like it takes so much energy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just social energy. But when I interviewed for Sagebrush, the interview, like it was an hour long, Mm -hmm. but it didn't feel like an hour. Mm -hmm. It literally felt like 10, 20 minutes. Oh, cool. And so that was like one indicator where I was like, wow, I feel so comfortable. Yeah. You know, I felt really comfortable and I also felt that peace. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because that was actually my first choice out of all the residencies. That was uh, Sagebrush was my first choice. Mm -hmm. And so when they interviewed me... After they said, oh, we'll let you know in two weeks and two weeks went by and they like never let me know. They uh-huh. never like called me or anything. And so I just thought, oh, I just probably didn't get it. Um, and so I just kept applying. And there was one in Kansas City. I applied and then they asked for an interview, but I didn't feel peace during the interview. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I I just I emailed them saying, I'm sorry, like I really appreciate it, but I just don't feel peace. hmm. And they were like, well, what are you looking for? And I told them what I was looking for. And they were like, oh, we're that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) And so it was so funny, but I just did not feel peace um, about that. I just, (laughs) it just didn't feel right, you know? Yeah. But I'm just very much a feeler. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm kind of wondering like what that would be like for someone that's just very like logical and very much a thinker. Yeah. I feel like that would be kind of harder. Right. Because like, I just, I feel like my feelings, like I can trust like what I feel yeah you have a discernment the gift of discernment yeah yeah that's a good way of putting it right yeah because my my mom actually has the gift of discernment
1: to like a degree that like uh, like she can know something just based on her like feeling mm-hmm. before like anyone else and so then like when she said something people will be like no like that's not the case and then it'll happen and people are like whoa so yeah. my mom has has the gift of, of discernment um to to the point where like Anytime that she says like like whoa you know like I, I kind of feel weird about that like I pay attention just because like I I've seen in both of our lives how much she has discernment and that's very so I very much have seen that gift mm-hmm. um you know and and how it works and stuff um but yeah you're you're right as far as uh that that might be harder for somebody who does it more logically because I'm definitely I am definitely on that end of the spectrum uh-huh. to the point where the situation that I was talking about that I had to get counseling for mm-hmm. um logically to me it made sense even whenever red flags came up all throughout the situation. I was like, but it makes sense. So like, it has to be right. It has to be God. (laughs) And actually even during that time, my mom was like, "Mm, I feel kind of weird about it. And I was like, no, like it's it's God. I know. And so, yeah. So like I said, I, I, uh, I very much have seen that, that gift active. And so, Mm -hmm. so like I said, anytime now that my mom says anything, I'm like, yep, I will. Yeah. (laughs) God has like spoken through you so many times. So, you know, I, I pay attention whenever she feels weird about something. Mm -hmm. Um, because like I said, I definitely am on the other end of the spectrum of like, I go based on, on logic and, right. and all that. But I do feel like, um, God gives all of his followers discernments. Like whenever we are, uh, prayerful in situations and stuff like that, right. like, I don't think God would ever, uh, mislead somebody, you know, yeah. and as far as like, well, I felt okay. And then everything was on fire. Like, no, like God, that's a you good know, point. <laughs> yeah. God, God will give you, um, show you, you know, and especially if we're, um, but just some people have to be more, I guess, like aware and, and more prayerful about it when they don't right. have, when they don't have like the gift of, of discernment. So that's really cool that you do. Yeah. Um, so, um, something, uh, that I wanted to ask you super quick about, um, just everything with, with your calling and all that, um. So you said that you've always loved music and loved to sing since you were little. Um, so before you like even knew Jesus personally, you loved music. And I think that's so cool because um, there's that Psalms that says that He gives us the desires of our hearts. And um, so uh one one person was saying like that doesn't mean that like we want something and then God gives it to us. That means like God gives us the desires that we have, and yeah. then He fulfills them. And so I think that's so cool because your your life story kind of like proves that verse, like literally mm-hmm. from like childhood, you've loved music and have loved to sing and and all that and then and then that was your calling, you know is is to um to lead and worship and and all of that. So I just think that that's super cool. Um, so I was gonna ask you about. Uh, your perspective on schooling specifically with things like, um, teaching and, uh, worship and all of that. So, mm-hmm. so obviously like during like the first church, right? Like they didn't have <laughs> universities and all that to, yeah. to go to. It was just based on, you know, if, if God called you to do it, you just take the resources that you have and, mm-hmm. and pursue that calling. So I was wondering in your perspective, like, do you think to be a worship leader or to be a pastor or to be, you know, all these? Uh, like kind of leadership figures in the church do you personally think that you need schooling and um, just yeah just kind of your whole perspective on that
2: when it's good when
1: it's not you know yeah. all of that
2: I think it's good to get so I think a lot of the times what happens is you know people that grew up in the same church their whole life mm-hmm. i this they kind of like okay Scene. <laughs> I don't want to step on toes. Yeah. But um I just what I've seen is that a lot of people that, you know, when they grew up in their like home church and, you know, they they make it big, quote unquote big there, whether it's like, oh, they're on the worship team or they preach and um all this stuff, they just kind of feel like they feel like a big shot, yeah. Kind of sense. And so it's I think it's good for people like that to like get out of the bubble that they're living in and to just kind of like go like to like another location and get different perspective. And yeah. And I think it's like, it's a good part of growth Mm -hmm. because, you know, if you're like staying in the same place your whole life, it's like, you know, how much are you going to grow? You know, if you're not getting out there and, you know, seeing different perspectives and being around different people and even being around people that have the same interests as you and that are, that might be better than you Mm -hmm. because that's the only way you're going to grow. If you're the best, um, if you're the best at what you do, Mm -hmm. like where you are, like your whole life, Mm -hmm. it's like, you're not growing, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it takes putting yourself in a situation where like, okay, I have to get better, (laughs) you know? Um, and so I think it's good. I think, I think I prefer like when people get, teaching Mm -hmm. and when people go to school and I think it's like a humility thing Mm -hmm. I think it's like you know if you're humbling yourself to the process and humbling yourself to learn Mm -hmm. and being teachable I think the Lord honors that yeah I think the Lord really honors when people are teachable and um, even if like when they give up like a call like even when they give up um, a position they had Mm-hmm. to like, to just get better yeah. and to just grow, right. you know, cause some people just love being comfortable. They just love being comfortable, and um, um, in the position and what they're doing and yeah. they don't step out and just, they don't step out and, um, look for more. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely, uh, agree. Um, especially with the whole,
1: like, being, being stuck. So you can't grow. Um, mm. because I, I heard it said one time, um, and it was actually, uh, the, this person was talking about a profession, but he said, there's always somebody who's going to be better at you no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's true. And, but, uh, I think that that's good because that means mm-hmm. there's always room to grow. And I think especially within Christianity, that's even more true because God is, is, an infinite God, you yeah. know? And so it's like, it'll literally take the rest of eternity to like learn about his goodness and about his love because he's so infinitely that. Yeah, And so I think that that is um, is encouraging here on earth because it's like you're in Christianity. There's never like a cool, I made it, you know, like it's right. never like, uh, you know, I, I I'm here, like I'm yeah. the end. It's always, um, room to grow and, and all of that, which I think is, is really cool. And, and I love what you said about um, always being teachable, um, just because because when you're not, I feel like that can not only be destructive for you, mm-hmm. but it can be destructive for other people, especially True. if you're in a place of leadership. So if you are a worship leader, or if you are, um, you know, a pastor, or in any capacity of leadership, because I've seen in multiple churches, you know, whenever somebody is uh, so prideful that they. They kind of think they are the best and, mm-hmm. and therefore it hinders. And I've seen that so many times um, on the worship team and, and all yeah. that, where it's like they they have this pride that's like makes the because you're leading a congregation. It can hinder the congregation, you know, yeah. if your heart's not in the right place. And I feel like uh, with worship specifically, you have to be, in my opinion, I think you have to be even more humble, Mm -hmm. um, to have that calling than like, than, than other callings, because it's like, you're using a talent that people are looking at you because you have that talent. But the whole point is to bring glory to God. So it's literally using your talents to just show God Mm -hmm. and to be seen as little as possible, but they're your talents. And so it's like, you have to have that humility to like put yourself aside and not be like, right. Like the star of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, so in my opinion, like, I think it's, um, you have to, uh, have, uh, more humility than, than other callings. With worship specifically, because of that, so I think that that what you said about always being teachable and all that is is really um, important, and I really liked how you said that.
2: Yeah, I also think like that's part of my testimony that like I think the reason. I like knew I was called to worship is because all these like other like genres and you know like at one point I was thinking about oh maybe I can like study to like do Broadway stuff like Mm -hmm. background vocals or um you know stuff like that or maybe I can become like a a music teacher you know I was just like looking at different stuff and um it's just I think with all those things I think the thing that made me uncomfortable was that like I, I didn't love performance, mm-hmm. you know, and I actually I admire people that like can perform like people that mm-hmm. are performance like performers. Like people that are performance, like I really admire them. Yeah. Um, but that's like something that I could probably grow in, but that I I'm really bad at performing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Um, I don't like like being looked at. I mean, <laughs> obviously in worship people are looking at you, but right. it's just like because I know like like the Lord is like the center, hmm Then it's like it's an ease for me. Yeah. Because it's like You know, I'm not the center of attention. It's Mm -hmm. like worship is literally like for God and He's the center. And so I think part of that is that when I um started becoming like familiar with worship music and um just learning about worship, I think it it's just one of those things that when I'm like leading a group of people into his presence, Mm -hmm. like it's in those moments where I'm like, Wow, like I'm made for this, you know? Yeah. Like it's one of those things that I just find so like it's joyful for me Mm -hmm. and it it gives me life it gives me life to be able to sing to him and to be able to lead like his people into his presence and I think one of the things it's like when I like feel like his presence like so tangibly like I start crying Mm -hmm. because it's like one of those things like wow like this is unreal like your his presence is so unreal to me yeah sometimes still because like like he's just so powerful, and I've just seen him like move and show up to um, church services in like ways that are literally like supernatural. Yeah. And so for me, like when I just feel his presence so tangibly, like I just like start crying just cause like I'm in awe mm-hmm. of like his presence, presence, and I'm in awe that he like he always shows up, like mm-hmm. he always comes when we ask um, him to come. And so right, I think that's like part of my testimony that like I don't have to perform; I can just be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that, that is so um, beautiful. And, and I think that that, that too is like what shows um, like true Christianity uh, versus like I don't know, the commercialized Christianity yeah. of like the, just the ch- church goers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because even the other day I was having a conversation with somebody and, and this person like, isn't, you know, a Christian or, or anything like that. And, and he, uh, I was talking about salvation and stuff and I was like, yeah, life is just so much better with Jesus. Yeah. And he was like, well, that's debatable. And I was like, it's not <gasps> debatable when you truly know him. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I wish that people, people knew that. So like, even in, in the Bible, you know, uh, there's a passage where Jesus, Jesus had just given like a really hard teaching and he lost a bunch of disciples Mm -hmm. and he turns to the 12 that he, that he chose. And he said, and he says, um, like, basically like, do you want to go with them? And then Peter replies and says, like, where would we go, Lord? And like that, that is like what I fall back on, um, through hard times or even times where I'm struggling, like with scripture and I don't know how to like reconcile that scripture with with other things that I know about God or or whatever is is uh like I've experienced Jesus so personally that it really is like that. Like even even if I was in you know such a state of confusion or whatever, it's like where else would I go? Because I've I've tasted your goodness. You know, yeah. so there is nowhere else to go. There is no other safe place, you know, um once you truly experience Jesus to that personal level.
2: Right. Yeah. I've always said that's really good. I know. I've always said like life with Jesus isn't easier, but it's better. Mm -hmm. Yes. I completely agree. Um,
1: so, uh, I wanted to ask you about any, uh, cool stories that you've had, like just during worships, whether it was like spiritual intervention or people who have come up to you that like have said things that you couldn't plan. But before you like tell the story, I just want to tell story of when, when that happened. And, and I've, I've told you this, but, Mm -hmm. um, a few weeks ago I was just kind of like in a place where, I don't know, I was just like really down. Like there was just so much going on in life. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I remembered this song that I used to listen to called no longer slaves. Um, and, I love that song. And so whenever I first got saved, God showed me his father heart first because he knew that that's what I personally needed um, yeah. from him, especially first. And so when I first got saved, like that's what I experienced of of Jesus first is, is his father heart. And so that song specifically like helped me so much whenever it came out. Um, and the the spontaneous worship part of that is my favorite part because uh-huh. he says, I'm surrounded by the arms of a father. And um, so that, that song has just helped me through so much and so it was funny because on my way up to service where where you were leading worship Mm -hmm. um, I was listening to my worship playlist but my worship playlist is like so big and the drive down is only an hour and so the fact that it came on during that time was so crazy so no longer slaves so came on. And I literally got teary eyed while I was driving because I was, it was just like God reminded me of like that time of, of like when I had my first love for him, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like my whole life was just, you know, um, drenched in his love. And and, yeah. um, and I was just got teary eyed of like, I want that back. You know, I want that first love backwards. Like mm-hmm. you consume all of me, you know, and, right. and that life isn't so overwhelming that I kind of lose sight, lose sight of all of that. So anyway, so mm-hmm. I got like kind of teary during, during that. And so it was funny because then I drove up to service and then one of the songs in your set was that song, um, which is crazy because the whole time that I've been going to those services that, uh, you guys haven't played that song. So whenever yeah. you guys did, I cried again <laughs> because it was so like crazy. Like God was just like pounding it in me, you know, pounding mm-hmm. the, like that, yeah. like, like overwhelming me with his love. Um, and, and it had just yeah. been so long since I, I guess, had been overwhelmed like that with his love because... Uh because uh, you know I've gotten so distracted with everything in life, and and then it was funny because in between songs you were talking about how he's the Prince of Peace, and so there's this other song, Prince of Peace, by um, Hillsong United, and um, that song God has used throughout my walk. Um, whenever any time that I'm going through a hard time, He will somehow always like bring up that song again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um and in the bridge in the beginning it says, Your love surrounds me when my thoughts wage war, yeah, and. Um, and I mean, the whole song is, is beautiful, but like that bridge specifically, like can like bring me to tears at any point. Cause uh-huh. it's just such a beautiful thing of, of how closely God walks with us in our trials. And so anyway, so yeah. So just before you go on about your stories, I wanted to tell a story about like you leading worship and God using you, um, in, in my life, because, uh, like I said, like I had just been so overwhelmed with things of, uh, with life and, and, um, just was feeling down. And so the fact that like. That night you were talking about God in the context of being our Prince of Peace and then the fact that, um, that song was a part of the set list, Mm. like God just used so tremendously like in, in my life. And it was just such a sweet moment with the father that like I hadn't had in so long. Um, So anyway, so yeah, so I just kind of wanted to get like more um, stories, you know, of of times that like, whether it was you personally that God, you know, used through your worship um, to touch you personally or, Mm -hmm. or other people who have like come to you where, you know, you couldn't have planned it and it only had to, it was only God.
2: Yeah. I just like, I've always remembered like people, I guess, coming up to me and like saying like, I guess just people like coming up to me and saying like wow, like you're so expressive, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's like a, a really big, well, it's that there's like two compliments I always get, like two things I always get when like people come up to me, they say that like, I'm really expressive in worship. Um, oh, and so something I always, I always pray, like, it's like one of those things I like pretty much always pray or I'm thinking about like before leading worship that Mm -hmm. I just always like, I just always pray that like when I like lead worship that like, that people would like feel Jesus in the room, you Mm -hmm. know, that like when I lead worship, that, that somehow like that, I would disappear, (laughs) you know, and that like, there would just be like a tangible, like that they would feel like his tangible presence. Mm -hmm. That's like something I like always pray for. Um, and so people like, there's been like a bunch of people that have come up to me and literally said, like, when you sing, like, I feel the presence of the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's just something I always pray. Like I always pray that, um, that the holy spirit would show up you know Yeah. and he he always does regardless right. of whether we pray or not um but i think that's just like something really cool that like i always pray that yeah. um that the holy spirit would come and um when people come up to me that's like the thing they most said mm-hmm. is that like when i'm singing that they feel the presence of the holy spirit
1: yeah wow that's awesome cuz like i like i said uh, i feel like when pride gets in the way that, that can block that right not mm-hmm. not that the holy spirit won't show up because like you said he always does whether you whether you pray or not but yeah. i do feel like some people um just have the gift uh, um they have a more um i guess inviting worship than than mm-hmm. others because of their humility you know um so so somebody who who really is just like performing mm-hmm. um god is not going to sh- show up as as tangibly as he will with somebody with uh, who's leading worship who has a humble heart yeah um and
2: so i think that that's uh really awesome um, yeah. And it's crazy. Cause like, you know, like you said, people have discernment mm-hmm. and I feel like even like whether they're strong in the Lord or not, people have some type of discernment. Yeah. So when people come in and like, you know, leading worship is a vulnerable thing. Like just mm-hmm. singing in general, like in a crowd, it's a very vulnerable thing. And like, I feel like people have discernment to a degree that like, they'll know that they know what's fake and they know what's real. Yeah. You know, so like even unbelievers, like, um, you know, everyone has discernment to a certain extent and like they'll know if you're faking it. Right. You know, like people people are smart enough to know, like whether you're like truly like engaging, you're truly worshiping yeah. or whether it's just like a performance and a mm-hmm. show.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, that everyone can, including unbelievers. I think that that, yeah, is definitely so true. And um, and I think it's really cool, too, that like. Uh, as far as like the people who have come up to you, because like to go up to somebody and like say anything, like kind of takes a lot, at least for like for me, like for yeah. me <laughs> to go out of my way to say something mm-hmm. to someone. So that's so cool because like, you know, that like more people have experienced more things. They just haven't said it. So it's so cool. Like when, when you are, you know, walking at God's calling and people do encourage you because, um, I just know that like there, I just know that like when we get to heaven, there's going to be so many people that like through God's calling for us, like we touched that we never even knew, right. Because they never, yeah. they never said or could even could say anything, but somehow like mm-hmm. something that God called you to do, it touched them in, in some way. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So I think that's really cool that you've had people come up to you just because, um, cause even like I was involved with the, a theater ministry and, um, mm-hmm. and so there was this one, uh, who, who, uh, had written, you know, some plays and stuff. And then years later, it was like, uh, I don't know, like maybe three years after he had written and produced his first play Mm. that um, it wasn't until the, the second time around that we were performing that play a few years later that somebody had come up to him and said like, hey, I saw your first play when it first came out a few years ago. And I just want to tell you that like, and, he, and they just like shared with him how much God used to change their lives. Wow. But but he didn't know until years later, yeah. you know? And so so I remember like whenever it first came out and, and like you can be discouraged whenever like you don't hear like feedback, you know, whenever right. like you do something and especially yeah. if it takes a lot of courage mm-hmm. to do and then you don't get feedback and or like good feedback. And then it's just like super discouraging. Like I shouldn't yeah. have even done that. But I just I just feel like, you know, there's so many people that like, so many people's lives that we touch that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. And like, he was lucky enough that like they, they did approach him years later, but I just feel like we're going to get to heaven and like see how God used our stories mm-hmm. in ways that like, we will never see on this side, Yeah, you know? So I just think that's really cool whenever we do get that feedback. Yeah. Cause you know, that there's so much more even beyond that.
2: Right. That's so true. That's so good. Um, I, you know, I've seen in the past, I've seen, like people go up to a worship leader or even like a preacher or pastor Mm -hmm. and just like tell them like, oh my gosh, like, like you were amazing, you know, and like encourage them. Yeah. And I've seen like some pastors or some worship leaders be like, oh, but that's not me. Like that's God. Mm -hmm. And they'll, they'll kind of say it in a way that'll make the person feel bad for even approaching them. Yeah. And I just always, I would see that and that would bother me so much. Mm hmm. Because like if you, you know, like if you knowing your heart, like everything you do is for the Lord, like when you know that and you're confident in that, like when people encourage you, you can say thank you confidently and mm-hmm. knowing your heart, like it all goes back to the Lord regardless. Yeah. And so I think something that um, that really bothered me was when people would like. Make the person feel bad for even approaching them yes. because you know it takes boldness and courage to even approach the person you know when you don't right. know them to step out and encourage them and for um, those people to just kind of like tear them down yeah and be like well it wasn't about me like <laughs> right just in that like arrogance you know the arrogance that comes with it and yeah you know I think part of it. I, this is like my opinion, but Mm -hmm. I feel like when, when people do that, when like they're approached and encouraged and then they're like, oh yeah, but like, it's, it's not about me. Like it was all the Lord when they say that, I think it's like, they're trying to, they're trying to make themselves believe that Mm -hmm. I just think like they don't fully, they're not fully there. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like my observation. Mm -hmm. It just seems like they don't, they're trying to make themselves believe that like, oh, it's the Lord, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to like, I've seen people like being approached with like encouragement and all that. And they're just like, thank you. Like, thank you so much. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, I feel like I've experience that to where like, I can confidently say thank you. And I like know a hundred percent in my heart that it just all goes back to the Lord. Right. And I just don't feel the need to be like, oh, but like, that wasn't me. Like that was just all God.
1: Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I totally agree. And and I think that that's biblical too. Right. Cause the, the Bible says that we're vessels. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. But I, I totally agree. Cause I, I have uh, met people. I've, I've even been one of those people where I approach somebody and then they do that where it's like, no, and they just like, won't accept what i'm saying and it's awkward yeah
2: (laughs) it's so awkward (laughs) yes i
1: i agree and i think that that's that's a great perspective of being on the other side of that like being the one who's who's getting the compliment Mm -hmm. to like be so confident that you know that it's it's the lord that you don't have to like shove it back you know in their face of like no it's god it's god yeah i've had some (laughs) people say like like whenever i say something and they say like oh good like all glory to god and then that's not as awkward because they're just saying like they're accepting it they're not like Uh pushing it back they're accepting it while still saying like yeah but glory glory to god but they're doing it in a way that you're right it's not like awkward where they're not like you know i don't know yeah where they're not pushing it back in your face like it wasn't me (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah i think that uh yeah i completely agree with, with that um so i wanted to ask how do you go about making uh sets because um yeah, as far as uh, because you said that like you don't know what um, the sets that you you choose, you don't know what like the teaching is going to be about, mm-hmm. and so you don't base it on the teaching. So then, how do you go about like creating a set and just knowing, yeah, re- like which which songs to choose and, and how to, uh, I guess like order them and, and all mm-hmm. that. Like, what's your what's your process?
2: Yeah, so I guess well for the young adults ministry we're trying to get to that point where like the messages are made in advance to where I can pick sex accordingly Mm -hmm. but that's not really the case right now Mm -hmm. you know like I plan worship sets like a month in advance and Mm -hmm. like you know and I schedule people and the um the messages aren't out yet so it's like I don't know um I think keys picking like the keys of the songs is like a really important thing. Mm-hmm. It's not the main factor, but sometimes I'll be like, oh, I want to do this song this week. And I'll think, okay, like what, what's another song that would go well in this key? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's not like the foundation of it, but that's definitely part of it. Yeah. And then sometimes like I'll find a song and be like, oh, that actually works out. <laughs> and so interesting thing, I actually get, I kind of get anxious when I'm at first choosing the songs, because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like I don't know what to do this yeah. month. And, <laughs> you know, and so I don't know, somehow it just kind of ties together. I'm a visual person, so I need to like look at the songs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a website my church has called Monday.com, and they have a list of all the songs that they do. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it really helps to have like a visual mm-hmm. standpoint and kind of see. But um one of the main things I do is that I like to do themes. Mm-hmm. So for example, let's say like my theme is I want it to be like um focused on like his attribute and like who he is. Mm-hmm. So there'll be I'll for example pick like King of my heart, you know. It talks mm-hmm. about how he's good and how he's faithful. Yeah. Um and then, you know, maybe picking a song like what a beautiful name, you know, where it's like, you know, he is beautiful, you know, Um, he is great. And so kind of songs focusing on him. And then it's like a, so theme based, Mm -hmm. right. And so sometimes I pick songs that are like based on the gospel, Mm -hmm. you know, that focuses on the gospel and like um, his sacrifice. So like, let's say I pick King of Kings, a scandal of grace and nothing but the blood, just songs that kind of focus on like his death and resurrection. Mm -hmm. So I think picking themes is like really cool because it you know it makes sense and it ties together um and I just think like no matter what the message is like worship is worship Mm -hmm. so it's like I don't think it has to be like to the t yeah (laughs) you know all the time sometimes it's cool and there's specific songs that work like better yeah but I think because it's like all worship anyways it's like regardless of what we're singing like we're glorifying him and we're praising him yeah so something yeah that I wanted to point out that um
1: I just like admire about you is the fact that um and it's just based on like the context of like my life but like the fact that you are a single woman who just goes and does it like you <laughs> you want to do something so then like you go and do it and like I I admire that so much because I grew up like I grew up with like basically people like the men in my life like always letting me know that like the, the men used to make the decision and mm. like that, like you can't do it without them, you know, and, and, yeah. and just stuff like that. And so that was like how I grew up to the point where like, it was really hard to break out of that. It was really hard to like find my own calling that was mine that like, I yeah. can just do, you know, and I don't mm-hmm. have to like ask this guy or like, you know, ask this authority figure yeah. or whatever. So So, yeah, I feel like I admire that so much just because of the, like, context of, you know, my life because Mm. that that is something that, like, even still that, like, I'm breaking out of where it's, like, it's hard for me to, like, trust my own discernment without feeling like I have to, like, ask somebody, you know? And, yeah. and so the fact that you are just the single woman who like has lived already, like in a few places by yourself. <laughs> and like, you just like, you know, you know, God has called you to do it, so you do it. Or even, even in just your everyday life, like you want to like, like, I'm always like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Cause I want to, I don't want to do it like alone. Like I want to uh-huh. do it with somebody, but, but I just like admire so much that you're like, I want to do it. So I'm going to go do it like, Yeah, <laughs> because I'm not like that. And I want to be like that. Like, and mm-hmm. that's something I strive to, to be like, is it's like, it's better to say, like, I I saw or I did that but I did it uh, did it alone rather than say like oh I never went there or I never did that you know like it is so much uh better to like get to the end of of your life or, or whatever and like look back and like you and say that you did it even if you did it alone so that's something that like i admire of you both in your personal life and just like spiritually like what you've done like with your calling mm-hmm. and just knowing that like god's called you to do it so like you're you just did it
2: yeah wow <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah yeah i guess i mean i've always been pretty independent mm-hmm. um but i mean i think i think part of that independence is kind of like how i grew up yeah. and just kind of like just like kind of where my life has like went mm-hmm. cuz like you know for example like i i didn't grow up with a dad right and so i think that part of that caused me to be a little more independent so like for example like i you know we couldn't afford for me to have a car mm-hmm. you know and so i didn't get my first car till i was 21 mm-hmm. no till i was 20 but it required me like working two jobs mm-hmm. you know and so i think um just like a lot of stuff and you know like not having a father figure um you know I don't have a boyfriend Mm -hmm. you know like I just don't I guess I never really grew up with like men yeah in my life I guess I mean I've known that but I guess now thinking about it I don't I've never really grown up with men in my life so I've never had that like that like like men like saying like oh like you can't do this without a man Mm -hmm. because I've just literally like had to do it by myself yeah. or like my mom, you know, who yeah. is a woman, yeah. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> right. so just not having that, I guess I, I never experienced that. And yeah. even, um, the Bible college that I went to, they, they very much, um, supported and applauded women in ministry. Yeah. That's and awesome. I think that was really cool too. And even seeing my youth pastor, you know, which I forgot to mention, my youth pastors went to the Bible college that I ended up going to. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because they're from Albuquerque. Oh wow! Uh-huh. Oh my so they my youth pastors are from Albuquerque, born and raised, and they ended up going to um, Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas, for Bible college, and then they felt called to youth pastor at my church. Um, and then That's you know, so crazy th- through them is how I found out about Christ for the nations, I go and I get a job like in there, like where they're from in Albuquerque, you know, and that I forgot to say that, which I'm really glad I remembered. But, (laughs) um, that's like also such a, like the Lord thing yeah. because it, you know, if the Lord hadn't called them to New York and if they hadn't obeyed that calling, um, one, I don't know if I'd even be serving the Lord because the Lord used them so much in my life, um, And yeah, I just don't know if I'd even be in ministry or if I would have um, even come to know the Lord the way I did.
1: Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. That's crazy that it's like a, like that triangle of like, like, and did it backwards, right? Like they went from Albuquerque to Mm -hmm. Dallas, to New York, and then you went from New York to Dallas to Albuquerque. That's so crazy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But, um, all that to say, like, I, um, I guess like my independence, um, part of it kind of came from like like how my life kind of went. Yeah. Um, but, but it, it's, that's part of it, but another part of it is also just kind of doing it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I don't know, someone used to say like, do it scared. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think that helps a lot because even like sometimes like I won't want to do something because I'm like, oh, like I don't want to do it by myself. Yeah. But then it's like, sometimes you have to and I think like in this like, um, state of my life. I'm kind of learning that like, it's okay to be alone, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's hard because like, I don't like being alone Mm -hmm. and it's hard because one, I live by myself. (laughs) Um, two, I work from home. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm not really surrounded that much by coworkers right? in a sense. And you know, three, I moved to a whole different state. Yeah. Where I like have to, where I'm like finding friends. And I just now, I've been here since August and it's like May now. Yeah. But I'm just now starting to feel settled. hmm. But I'm starting to feel okay being alone. Yeah. You know, because it's like I know I'm not alone forever. Mm hmm you know, I'll be seeing people eventually, Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's in those moments, like where I like wanna feel bad about being alone. It's mm-hmm. like, no, it's okay. Like, it's yeah. okay that I'm alone. Um, It's not, it's not a bad thing. Right. You know, like I'm not, it's not like I'm purposefully isolating myself. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's a hard thing to really come into terms that like, it's okay to be alone. Right. You know? Yeah. Wow. I really like how you said all that. Cause that's kind of the point of like, this
1: podcast and kind of like the, I feel like I'm in that season two of mm-hmm. of of that. Like obviously, like it's the whole podcast is alone, not lonely, right? Yeah. So like saying that, like just because that is like I said, where I'm like striving to be, where it's like even if uh, like if I want to do something, even if I do it alone, do it, you know. And mm-hmm. and so I that I love that you said all of that because I do feel like that's the season that I'm in, and kind of like the point of this podcast is like um, whether you're married or in a relationship or single, yeah. when God has called you to do something like you don't need any, like God will supply what you need, mm-hmm. you know? So even if, even if you are by yourself or, or whatever, you know, God, uh, God is the completing part of it. So you don't need, you know, somebody else. And, and sometimes uh, part of the calling is somebody else, but I'm just saying, yeah. you know, like
2: whenever it comes down to it, like you're, uh, yeah, you're alone, but you're not lonely. Yeah. And it's really cool because even like moving here, like I think something the Lord is still healing me from is like a victim mentality. Mm -hmm. Sometimes like I still get caught up in like a victim mentality. Um, you know, I grew up like with, you know, all the friends that I made, like all my friends just happen to have great families. Mm -hmm. And I always used to get so jealous because I'm like, wow, like all my friends have both parents Mm -hmm. and like their families are so close. Yeah. And like they're, you know, they just all my friends had solid like families. and I didn't have a friend that like was like me to where like my family, like, you know, we weren't that close and yeah. um all of that. And so, um I just always had that victim mentality and just even insecurities because of it. Mm-hmm. um, and so I just feel like even today, like the Lord is kind of still healing me of that. And sometimes I think like, Oh, like they're lucky. Like they have their dad or like they have their boyfriend. Like they, they have someone, but like, if something happened to me, like, like for example, this sounds really dumb, but I'll be like, Oh, if I got kidnapped or something, no one would know for days, (laughs) just stuff like that, which is like, it's dumb, but (laughs) Like the root of it is a victim mentality, Mm -hmm. you know, that like, yeah, a victim mentality is like making someone feel bad for like having a blessing or having something in their life when like, and I've been learning like, no, like it's obviously like, I'm so happy that like my friends have both parents, you know, like I don't want them to go through that. You know, I love that they have like good men in their life, you know? Yeah. And so and it's kind of telling myself like, no, like um, God is my father, Mm -hmm. you know, I have no lack. Mm -hmm. He gives me everything I need Mm -hmm. and he provides people like in my life. And I've seen that, you know, even like to where I'm not from here and I don't have family in Albuquerque, but I've seen the Lord like put like different people in my life. Mm -hmm. um, Just even in these like few months that I like, I know I can count on and I know like love and care for me. Yeah. And so I think part that's like also part of my testimony to where like, because like God is my father and like he, um, he is who I have, it's like, I rely on him. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where like, I truly like rely on him because like, I have to, Yeah, (laughs) I have to rely on him, you know? Right. Yeah.
1: No, I, I love that point. I love, and I, and I do feel like, um, people like God always fulfills the part that's needed the most. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so like, you know, um, like I said with me personally, uh, like I grew up with, so I grew up with a dad, but like, God knew I needed that father heart first, you know, because I grew up with a, with a dad, but that's different than having a father figure, you know, like I didn't have a father figure in my life or at least not a good one. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but I had a dad growing up, you know, Mm -hmm. and, 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 uh, you know, all that. But I just, I think it's so beautiful whenever people tell their story of like how God fulfilled what they needed to fulfill the most, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and, and that, that'll look different in different seasons, obviously. Right. Like you're not like always going to need like first and foremost, a father, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, sometimes (laughs) you need a friend, something, yeah. And so it's like, no matter what you need, God will be that God will, you know, fulfill that because honestly, like even, you know, in relationships, like, like, and I can speak from personal experience, like when you feel lonely when you're in a relationship, that's a whole different lonely than when you feel lonely when you're actually by yourself. You know, it's a deeper and more painful lonely when you're with somebody and you feel lonely. Right. That's Um, so true. Yeah. Versus, versus not. So just, just like, you know whatever season you're in whether you are alone or surrounded by people the the fact that god can come and fulfill whatever needs to be fulfilled and i think that that's whenever he uses our story the most
2: yeah exactly i totally agree and um i think something that's helped me um you know so if you struggle with a victim mentality mm-hmm. um you know i something that has helped me is just kind of like um just like speaking over myself like scripture mm-hmm. um you know, and just truth, you know, like surely goodness and mercy, like follows me all the days of my life. Um, you know, and I feel like that verse specifically is like something that I've seen, like, um, just that verse that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I've like seen that play out in my life because Mm -hmm. all the blessings I've had up until now, like I couldn't have had them without the Lord. Like they all came directly from the Lord. Yeah. Like for example, my mom, you know, she paid for my um college mm-hmm. when I went to Bible college and, you know, um just miraculously somehow like she always had like just enough to pay for my mm. um college, which is like just an evidence thing that like, you know, he's a provider. Yeah. He's my father and um just that he was championing, championing me in my calling, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just stuff like that where like, you know, the fact that I was able to be in three different States, mm-hmm. you know, like that's just solely the Lord. Like there's just right. things that like my blessings I know came directly from God. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's just really special to me. Yes, for sure. And it's, it's, so
1: like powerful too. Cause I think there's so much power in, in our testimony. And I feel like I feel like some people, and again, this is kind of like the point of like why I want to interview so many people, but Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so much power in our testimonies because they're not ours, right? Like it's God's story through us. And so I feel like some people, especially if you grew up in the church, feel like their testimonies aren't like, powerful, quote-unquote, enough, mm-hmm. or they're not, like, intense enough. So, like, you know, you hear all of these miraculous stories about, about you know, how, like, people were, you know, alcoholics and, and addicted to all these drugs, and then mm-hmm. God miraculously saved them. And those are amazing stories, but it's the same God who saved that person, who saved the person who grew up in Christian church. You know what yeah, I mean? So exactly. it's, like, I think there's so much power in everyone's testimony, but I feel like so many uh, Christians kind of, like, Uh, I don't know, like, get insecure about their story because Mm -hmm. it's not, like, powerful enough. And it's like, but you have no idea what God can do. And actually next week's podcast is on that. It's on um, just like uh, like our perspective of like a small testimony versus a big one, but right. like how God uses both, wow. you know? And even if you just touch one person in your life, that one person could go and change the world, you yeah. know? And so it, so it, it's, it's truly like, I just want people to see that like, no matter how big or small you think your story is or no matter how many people you think you're gonna reach, it's not your story. So yeah. don't hold it back because it's not yours to hold back. It's God's story, right. you know, so go and tell it. So anyway, so I just think that that's uh, so awesome. And I, and I really, like I said, admire you and your story. Oh, um, thank because, you. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, a, a season that I'm in that I'm striving to be more like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I uh, wanted to conclude with this question. So. What would you what advice would you give to people who feel like worship might be their their calling but they might be insecure either like about their voice or instrument or, or whatever part of worship that they're pursuing um, or they just don't know how to go about it maybe their church doesn't have the opportunity you know that that they think that they're looking for just what advice yeah. would you give to people who kind of feel like this might be their calling but they're just they don't know where to start
2: yeah I would say like if you have calling, if you feel like you have a calling for ministry, um, and then like specifically worship, um, I guess I would suggest going to school, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I think ministry school changed my life, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think taking voice lessons really helped too. Mm -hmm. Um, so the advice I'd want to give, um, to someone that feels like they want to go into worship ministry, but feel insecure, Mm -hmm. um, just a little backstory. I went through that because when everyone thought I was crazy, when I said, yeah, I'm going to go into ministry school cause I want to be a worship leader. Mm-hmm. Even people in the church were like, Oh, okay. Like they actually weren't encouraging, mm-hmm. you know, because it, especially in New York, like they very much value education. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to them, like if you're not going to like a college or like a SUNY school, mm-hmm. um, you know, they kind of look down on you yeah, and they kind of think like, well, is that sustainable <laughs> kind yeah. of thing? So like, you know, I actually didn't get that much encouragement. i um, taking that step into going, um, to Bible college. yeah. Um, but I guess the advice I would give to you is to, um, be confident in that calling, mm-hmm. you know, cause if that's where the Lord truly wants you, like he's going to lead you and he's going to direct you. And it's funny cause even even when those people would make me feel insecure about my calling, um, I just knew that I knew that I knew that like I needed to do it. Yeah. You know, regardless of what they said, like, yeah, like they would make me feel bad and Mm -hmm. I would feel insecure and rethink it. But just deep down, I knew like, no, this is my only option. Like, this is what I was made for and this is what I know I need to do. Mm -hmm. So I would just say just, um, you know, just push past the insecurity and push past the like the criticism Yeah, and just go for it because you don't want to live your life, like regretting not taking that step. Yeah. Or you don't want to regret, um, You don't want to look years ahead and think, oh, like, what if I did that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just so much better to just do it Mm -hmm. and just go for it. And, you know, and if you don't like it and you just feel like it's not for you, it's okay because you tried. Right. And that's the most important part. And I think that's even something like our age that people struggle with is like, oh, I need to know exactly what I want to do. Yeah. I need to have my life together. I need to know exactly what I'm going to do. Um. And I just think, like, when you're young, it's okay to try different things, and it's okay to change your mind. And I feel like people get criticized for changing their mind, and they get Mm -hmm. criticized for wanting to take a different route. But, you know, when you're young, you know, like, it's so much better to figure your life out now. Yeah. You know, and it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to mess up, and it's okay to try new things, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and if you go to ministry school, you know, I've seen people— you know, their first semester say, Oh, I want to do worship. Mm -hmm. Um, but then God calls them to missions. Right. Or people say, Oh, I want to do pastoral ministry, Mm -hmm. but then God calls them to the marketplace. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so the Lord can redirect your steps, but whatever, whatever path the Lord is taking you, it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. There's actually this, um,
1: this book by John MacArthur. I forgot what it's called. It's something, I think it might just be called God's Will, but it's, it's something like that. But but he, he's talking about that, like how you know what God's will is for you yeah. and your life and, and um that's kind of what he says in the end. Basically he says, like, if you know you're walking uh in a holy manner, you know, if you if you if you're living your life in obedience and you're mm-hmm. um, you know, praying and you're in the word and all of that, he said, Whatever you feel called to do, just start and God will lead you. So so he talked about, yeah, so he talked about this guy who wanted to be a missionary and I forgot where it was like... I think it was like Paris or something like that, and so he goes to to John and he's like, yeah, like you know, I wanna I wanna do that. And so so um, MacArthur, you know, asked him all these questions um, to see where he was like in his spiritual life. And after he's like, hey, go. And then the guy like was wow. like, no, I can't just go. Like <laughs> I need you know this and that. And he's like, nope, just go. And it's funny because he ended up in Canada. Like he was supposed wow. to go to like Paris or it was somewhere you know like that, but he ended up in Canada. Wow. Doing, you know, some, uh, it was still, it was still missions, but it, but it was just, uh, but he wouldn't have gotten there if he hadn't, if he hadn't have just started, he wouldn't have, have gotten where, to where he was. Yeah. So like encouragement to just go and, and do it. And so, and even, even in, uh, with Paul in, in the scriptures, uh, there's a few places where he talks about how he tried to go to a certain place, but there were so many closed doors, yeah. but he still kept trying. Cause I feel like so many people try and the first closed closed door that they run into that that's it, you know, right. like, they put their hands up and then they give up. Um, but Paul, Paul kept pursuing and, and you know, there's even mm-hmm. a point where he, he has an argument uh, with someone on where to go. And so they eventually the argument becomes so great that they actually split and go separate ways, mm-hmm. but that didn't stop them from, from keep going. The point was that the gospel needed to go, you know? Yeah. And so they, disagreed to where they went to different places, but that actually ended up being better because the gospel spread even further. And so I just feel like yeah, exactly what you said, like, like kind of just go, you know, and, mm-hmm. and God will lead you and, and all of that. And it's funny that you said that about like not getting encouragement from the church, because I talk about that in my first episode, I talk about mm-hmm. how I knew that God called me to not go to college, but that he was call me to ministry and in, in missions. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that was it. Like there wasn't any more direction after that. It was kind of just like, don't go to college because you're not going to have a career in that way. Yeah. And, uh, and I had so many people tell me like, people in the church telling me how I was like throwing my life away Mm -hmm. because I wasn't going to college. And, and I just think it's so crazy that like even people in the church just have this like very narrow view of like, this is the only path. And it's like, no, like God can use anything. He can use anyone at any time. And so it was never like, oh yeah, if God showed you that, then you go girl. It was never that. Mm-hmm. I was always like, I, I always, um, you know, cringed and I knew I was about to be lectured anytime anyone asked what school I was going to. Um, because I, I believe, um, and I do believe that there is a time and a place and a calling for school completely, yeah. but it just wasn't mine. Right. And, 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 and even just like, you know, in that time. So anyway, so yeah, I love what you said because, uh, yeah, I, I relate to that as far as like even people in the church. And so I think that even when, if you, uh, even if you have disagreements or, um, or like if you're hitting bumps in the road, even like from people within the church, like just remember that like, like I said, even Paul had that, you know, yep. and, and, and all that. But if you know that God has called you to it, it doesn't matter what anyone else yeah. says. If God has called you to it, then you go cause he'll supply what you need even even when you don't know it. Right. So anyway, well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on this week. It was so much fun to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay updated on new episodes and more and let me know what you think about the things that we discussed today by following my page on Instagram. My handle is at alone, not lonely podcast. I would love to hear from you. And if you feel so inclined, it would mean the world if you left me a review as well as share this podcast with anyone and everyone. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time.